Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. How are you spending your quarantine? If it doesn't involve an ex-lover or pets from your kid's classroom, you've got nothing on our guest today. Our producer, Evie Hemphill, spoke earlier this week with a local family that is now sheltering in place. Here's Evie. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, Samantha Clark and her household already had two dogs, Bacon and George, as pets. But when their toddler's school closed, another mom at the school had a favor to ask. That family had agreed to keep the class birds over spring break. But when that short-term commitment suddenly turned into something else entirely, Clark stepped up to take the parakeets for the foreseeable future. I'm a yes person, so when it was presented to me, I was like, sure, let's do it. And my husband thought I was crazy. He's like, you know, I said no. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. I said yes. So, um, but I actually really like ritual of taking care of them. They're kind of delightful. It's funny that they're not making a ton of sounds now because they're normally quite loud. And I think having, it's not, sometimes it sounds like we're in a zoo, (laughs) like we're in a public place. You know, it just kind of adds an element of like, there's other warm bodies in here and we're not totally alone. And, you know, if something were to happen to me, what would happen to the birds? So it's just, you know, that whole, like, gives you a small little other purpose. Clark's son, Augie, attends Villa de Maria, a Montessori school in Kirkwood. And with his new pets chirping in the background, he said how old he is. Three. You're three? three. What are your birds' names? Yeah. Can you say Copernicus? Oh, wow. Do you like having the birds at home? In addition to parakeets Copernicus and Galileo, Villa de Maria has had to disperse quite the menagerie among its pupils. During non-pandemic times, the animals in the classroom provide important jobs for the older children. They're responsible for cleaning habitats and feeding and watering. Clark says there's also hamsters and even a bearded dragon now quarantining with other school families. We have um, one family who's taking care of two guinea pigs. And then we have we had a family keeping a bunny. We the bunny actually it was it was an older bunny and it died Aww. at their home. I know which is so sad, but you know that that's just part of the deal. And they actually did a um, a little burial at our school for them, and families were allowed to come up, of course, individually, and uh, you know visit the bunny clover. <laughs> In some ways, Clark says, the pets have become a way for young students like her son to remain better connected to school and classmates. A couple times a week we'll make a video and I always say, you know, this is for our friends at school to see how the birds are doing. Um, on our weekly Zoom meeting, sometimes we, I try to get it so that maybe they could be in it somehow, but um, it's definitely a nice reminder that they belong in a place where all his buddies are and you know, we, we can't wait to get back there. And even though Clark was worried about how her household's dogs would react to the parakeets, the transition has gone quite well. I was worried that they would be extra curious and kind of scare the birds a little bit, but they definitely don't care. Um, it's fine. Every day I clean their cage and feed and water them, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's definitely become kind of like our new morning routine. <laughs> and they have a pretty strict sleeping schedule, which I didn't know was a thing for birds, but every night at seven, we cover their cage with a blanket because they need to get seven hours or 12 hours of sleep. They aren't naturally, I guess, great sleepers, so you have to kind of create the environment for that. So I get up at six or so, and I wait till 7 a.m. to uncover it, and it becomes this whole kind of like ritual. 
And that was from producer Evie Hemphill reporting on the classroom animal diaspora. And the Clark family isn't the only one dealing with an unusual roommate situation. A pair of St. Louisans named Logan and Danny are also making it work, despite an unusual history. And they agreed to join us to talk about it with one condition. They didn't want us to use their last names to protect their privacy, and, and we said okay to that. So, Logan, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, it's good to be here. <laughs> and Danny, welcome. Hi. So, Danny, you two were together, and then you split up. How did you end up sheltering in place together? Yeah, so we, um, during the initial kind of part of our breakup, neither of us were really in a financial position to think about the whole separating and moving out thing. Um and as as we kind of got through the that really hard, awkward part right after a breakup, um, we kind of just decided it was fine and comfortable, and we had kind of settled into a pretty decent roommate relationship. Um, whenever the lease was about ready to renew, neither of us were really in a position to move still. Um, so we decided to extend for another year, and then, uh, you know, that's with both of us having our own separate lives and things that we're doing. Uh, So when the quarantine hit, um, we just kind of ended up still in the same place. So this all made sense on a certain level back when you had jobs to go to, friends to see, the kind of social activities we all do. Now you're kind of found yourself plunged together a bit more 24-7. Has that been a good thing? I think it's been a mixture of both. Um, I I will say I'm a pretty powerful introvert, um, so being around pretty much anyone 24-7 is hard for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that we have kind of found ways to both let each other know whenever we need space, but also found really creative ways to use our own space and kind of take space even if we're in the same room. And I want to talk about those creative ways because so many times when we hear people bemoaning their quarantine situation, they have two or in St. Louis, even three-story houses. They're all feeling cramped in. You guys are in a one-bedroom apartment. I understand there's really only one door within that apartment. (laughs) Um, Logan, how are you possibly making this work? Um, well, I'm used to that kind of living situation because I lived um, on my dad's futon in the basement for like 10 months. So for me, it's like I have um, a space, but like I usually wake up first. I'm usually like, you know, I'm not like I don't feel like I'm being interrupted as far as like the shared living space goes. But it does kind of give me a sense of, okay, well, if I do need privacy, I used to be able to just leave the house. Mm -hmm. And now... um, can't I can't just go down to like um, one of the local restaurants or bars and like chill by myself if I need privacy um, because those aren't open. So it's um it's interesting, but it's not like super unusual for me because I've been in a lot of weird living situations. So you're adaptable. Yeah, I, I would say that. Danny, do you have that same adaptability where you're like, oh, I, I've done worse. I can make this happen. Um, I'm I'm a little more picky, <laughs> uh, but I found. I found a lot of um, just kind of differing ways to uh, to get myself out. Like I've I've gone on a lot of drives, or um, I will 
go to the park sometimes, or I've, I've been spending a lot of time on the back porch because mm-hmm. um, that, <laughs> that gives Logan kind of the, the closed door feeling because they technically have the apartment mostly to themselves, and I'll entertain myself on the back porch for hours at a time. So that makes you a good roommate right there. You're willing to to step away and and sort of relinquish the apartment. I suppose. (laughs) Logan, are you appreciative of that? Definitely. Very much so. Because I think we have, we've been broken up for almost 10 months now. So I think we have this level of mutual respect and understanding where we can just be like, hey, I need space from you. And that's not something that was easily said in our relationship. So I feel like it's like healthier now. (laughs) And that's, I mean, that's amazing. So the sort of things where we might hold back on, I imagine in this period, you guys have had to learn just to be a little more direct about your needs. Exactly. Yeah. Now, we reached out in advance of this show to see if other folks in our region have stories to share about their quarantines. And one of our reporters here at St. Louis Public Radio, Rachel Lipman, she reported that in her house, quote, cat-dog relations are at an all-time high. The two were in separate (laughs) spaces in the months before this, and working from home means the pet parents can supervise their interactions. And we've got a photo now on our website, that's stlpublicradio.org, that Rachel sent us. And you can see that LB and April are getting to know one another. And it's actually working out for them. Um, Danny, do you think being confined together, knowing that you can't just leave, it's not like a breakup where you can just get out, on some level, maybe it it makes us a little more forgiving of each other? I think that that's, yeah, that is, that's one way of putting it. I think that it's also, um, it's also a lot of, like you said, direct communication. Um, So being able to say directly like, hey, you're annoying me or hey, I need this, (laughs) Uh, which is definitely something that, like Logan said, we we didn't we weren't as good at in our relationship as we are now. And and Logan, it sounds like, yeah, you, you would share that same thought that you guys have gotten better at this kind of communication. Yeah, I think like we don't feel responsible for each other's emotional states anymore. So we're able to communicate our needs better than we were um, 10 months ago when our relationship was ending. And I feel like, um, I feel like it's like we've learned healthy communication from this Hmm. in, in like a good way. And yet at the same time, Danny, I know you mentioned to our producer the other day that the situation made you re-find out all the reasons that the relationship (laughs) didn't work in the first place. Can you give us an example of that? (laughs) Yeah, um, we actually uh, both kind of spent a lot of time this weekend just like exchanging those stories of like, what are the things we're really grateful that we don't have to deal with anymore? Um, And a major one uh, on my end is that like I'm able to kind of just exit conversations whenever I need to. Um, Logan likes to, uh, if they are at a certain level of intoxication, will have like crying spells over very random things. And I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> I definitely, yes. And uh, so I don't, uh, I don't feel like that's a point that I need to step in as caretaker anymore. And uh, I can leave the room until they've collected themselves, or just say, "Hey, dude, you're drunk and you're crying." <laughs> and Logan, is that you now? Sort of understand that you're able to accept that Danny's just yeah. leaving the room. I mean, obviously, because I think there's a certain like work. I think we consider ourselves friends with each other, and I think there's a level of responsibility you take over your friend's emotions, but not the same level that you do in a relationship. So you can be like, 
I'll help you through this, but I'm not responsible for this. And I think that's given me an opportunity to learn responsibility for my own emotions, which is really healthy. Well, that's, I, I feel like it's great to just hear you guys being able to talk about this so frankly and to laugh about it. It, it really just makes me feel hopeful. I'm wondering, Danny, what has surprised you the most about quarantine life so far? Oh, I think um, just the amount of the amount of like the amount of teamwork that's necessary, and not mm-hmm. even just between the two of us, but from everyone really. Um, we're in a time where we need to be able to like work together to get needs met, whether that be like, you know, I need, I need to set up like three different phones in a house so that we can have a FaceTime, you know, birthday candle thing, or, um, or I need you to run to the grocery store today because my anxiety isn't letting me do that. Um, And different things like that. And I think that, Logan and I already had kind of a pretty good system in place for how we run the house um, that's just been a lot easier to manage because neither one of us has the burden solely on ourselves. Hmm. Um, But definitely teamwork. (laughs) Now, even though you two, you sound like you're just on great terms and it's worked out and you have that teamwork, you probably don't want this situation to last forever. Logan, have you talked at all about what do you see as the next steps when the world gets back to normal? Um, well, we signed up for another year in February. So, like, that's something that, like, even once the world gets back to normal, there will be a period where we'll still be living together, mm-hmm. which was the plan previous to that. But, like, eventually we are going to move out. Um, but, like, that hopefully the quarantine doesn't last that whole, you know, from February to next February. That would um, that would be pretty awful. Um, so it's so more it's, a plan of getting back to your lives than it is a plan yeah, to move out. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and hopefully it doesn't last that long. Sorry. Yes. No, I, I hope for your sake and for all of ours that we are not still dealing with this next February. So, um, Logan, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And Danny, thank you as well. Of course. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.